If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. Get ready to go. I'm going to have Pastor John come up in a second to share something with you. Um, I've asked him to come and share a couple of minutes of something good. I want to I want to tell you about a couple of things that we have coming up. One on the first Sunday in August, which is August the fifth. We're going to have Pastor Dwayne Sheriff back with us again that evening, the, the, the Fuse service at 6 o'clock that night. So don't miss that. Remember how good it was last year when he came? Everybody remember who Pastor Dwayne Sheriff is? Remember the yeah. Victory Life? Yeah. They, they actually own this property that we're purchasing uh, from them in the very near future. Praise God. And continue to, to pray about that as well. Uh, all of you, if you would, as, as our church family, just to, as you're contributing. But also please pray as well, for just for wisdom and for everything to go smoothly there in the transition and the purchase of the land of this property that will go forward in the will of God and, and in the favor of God. Amen. So uh, he's going to be with us <clears throat> on August the 5th. And then the next Sunday, some of you are already going to be involved in this, but we're launching our One Cost Church Dallas service. Hallelujah. Three o'clock on Sundays at 2760 Emmett, right there in Oak Cliff. And we're expanding this church's, our ministry. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I want, I might have, I don't think I shared this with you guys, that um, during the prophetic conference, um, my dad did something really special for me and my brother that I wasn't expecting. And uh, he pronounced a, a specific blessing over each of us. And... Um, I was, I was amazed at, it. I mean, it completely enriched my life and, uh, and changed how I, just changed how I saw my ministry. Um, really, it's the Lord's ministry, but how he's gonna use me. And, and even, even Brandon, I felt like we had some real definitive direction and uh, in, in how, in how God's leading us. And um, one of the things that's been in my heart, I've prayed this for, for many years, God, I wanna, because Heather and I, in the, the amount of time that we've been married, up, I think McKinney was our 15th move. And at that time, we'd been married how long? 10 years ago, eight years, nine years, yeah. And so I asked God, please, can I just stay? I don't wanna go anywhere else. I wanna just stay forever until I go to heaven. That's what I wanna do. And, um, and, and he didn't know that I prayed that. He didn't know that. And, and my dad, as he was pronouncing the blessing, and the, 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 the main word he gave was expansion. Expansion, he said, and the Lord says, stay. And I went, yeah. That's been my desire. Hallelujah. I mean, I just felt totally liberated in that. And, and I'm telling you, we are going to do something tremendous in this city and in Dallas and wherever God has us in uh, our influence and our ministry to expand to. So I'm just, I'm very excited. I felt like that, that any kind of reservation could just be over with at that, at that, at that time. Are you hearing me? I mean, I could, I felt like I could completely really pour my heart out into, and like, it's not like I really didn't, but I don't know how to explain it. It It's like the lid came off. Let me just say that. All right. So, uh, you ready with something? Yeah. We have a microphone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm looking forward to the teaching tonight. I know it's going to be good. But I know next week's going to be awesome. 
Tell them. Because I'm going to be here next week. I'm going to be teaching you out of Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give you a little taste of that right now. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We're going to talk about this at length next week, but I just want to give you this little nugget. You all remember when David was on the battlefield against Goliath, right? This is 1 Samuel chapter 17. In chapter 16, he was anointed king of Israel. He wasn't taking the office, but he was the anointed king in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. Chapter 17, he winds up on the battlefield, not there as a soldier, but there as someone delivering food and getting a message from his brothers to take back to his dad. He gets out there and he hears Goliath. I've talked a lot about David and Goliath all through the years. But I began to see something wonderful. The Bible says that all he had, he, tried, he could not use Saul's armor. Let me say to you, he already had Saul's anointing. He did not need Saul's armor. If you are given the choice between an anointing from God or an armor from men, hello, it's not rocket science. Just take the anointing of the Spirit. He, he had the anointing, and he went to fight this giant. And the Bible says that on the way between him and the giant, there was a brook. And he walked down into that brook, and he picked up some smooth stones. The Bible says how many there were. There were five. Five smooth stones that had gotten smooth by laying in that water. Whoo, I love that. The water is the symbol of the Holy Spirit, and the stones are the fivefold ministry in the hands of great David's greater son, Jesus. Hallelujah. The fivefold ministry of Jesus represented there, and all David had to do was just pick one of them. Glory to God. Just pick one of them. It's going to take out that big blowhard. It's going to take out the enemy. And when that one stone went out there and took down that one man, the Bible says David ran up there and hacked his head off. I kind of want to think that it didn't kill him the first three or four blows. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's just me. It's probably not you, but he, he killed him, <laughs> hacked his head off. And then the Bible says that the, the people of God, the army of God, jumped and ran toward the enemy and chased them. You see? You don't need a whole bunch of things happening in your life. All you need is access to the fivefold ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what you have. That's why you're here, to be equipped to take out the giants that are against you. God bless you. Oh, man. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> That's going to be real good. We're, um, Heather and myself and Pastor Brandon and Jonna, Pastor Jonna, our youth pastor, sitting on the back row. Um, we're going to have about a, te a team of about, is it 19, that are flying to New York City on Tuesday. And we'll be gone Tuesday to Tuesday 
And we're going to be there with Juan Galloway, our, our friend who does the street ministry in New York City, New York City Relief. And we've been supporting for years now on a monthly basis. And he's, we're going up there to be part of what they're doing, feeding the homeless. We're going to do that for four days there. And then uh, we're, we're going to be able to partake of Hillsong New York, uh, be in a service with them. So we're real excited about that. And of course, we're going to have some time for the young people to be able to take in New York City. Uh, so um, we're very excited about that. I want to just tell all of you that, so that Wednesday night, Pastor John's going to be preaching next Wednesday night, um, starting in Ephesians 4. I didn't even, I, I didn't even think about 411, um, the, the five-fold ministry, and it's only right that this man will be here to teach that. I don't think there's, I've never heard anybody teach better on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 than my dad. I mean, it's, he's got extraordinary revelation on it. So, and then also, uh, that Sunday that will be gone, which is the 29th, Pastor Brandon, my brother, will be preaching here that Sunday morning. So, and uh, for both of our services on Sunday. So, I'm, I'm very excited that it's going to be just uh, hollerific. Yeah, Hollerfest 2012. So, Get, get all the, the holler dudes preaching here. So I'm very excited about that. All right, let's go over into Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to finish out this chapter tonight. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And man, oh man, is this, is this one more great, great section of Scripture. <clears throat> this is going to take us to the halfway mark of Ephesians. Uh, there are six chapters in this. And um, we're in part 7 tonight. Tonight, we're going to, we see something, as, as I was studying this out and thinking about this, this next part of this, this chapter, 14 through 21, this is Paul's prayer for the church, for the Ephesian church. And ultimately, it's Paul's prayer for all of us as the children of God and as, as the church. And as I'm reading this, it just seems in the natural mind awfully outlandish. It just, it's, this is like an extreme, extreme, extreme prayer. And so as I was looking at this, I thought, man, Paul had really high expectations of the church. He had really high expectations of God's power in the church. All right? And as we're going to look into this tonight, we're going to see what, this is no, Lord, thank you for this food. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for mom and dad and all of those who pass my way. In Jesus' name, amen. This is, this, this is revolutionary type praying. And listen to me. As the children of God, you got to get it in your DNA that you pray high expectation prayers. That you go for past the moon. Shoot past the moon and right into glory and actually believe that what God's word says is actually true. That you really can live what he says you can live. That you really are who he says that you are. Hallelujah. That you can do what God says that you can do because he has said it and his word is settled. As far as he's concerned, it can happen. It is possible. That's what made it possible because he said it and the moment God said it, all the possibility came springing to life. Hallelujah. And the only and the only way to tap into that is by faith. Yeah. To believe that it's true. Glory to, God. 
to believe that it's true. That's why I'm not expecting us to just be one more church in this county. I think that God has got higher expectations of us than that. We have to have those expectations of ourselves to, to understand that we are bigger than what we see. Praise God, I love who we have at this church, but I see bigger. I see bigger. I see multitudes of people. Hallelujah. Can you help me see that? Will you own that vision yourself and not just get satisfied with us four or no more, huh? That we really are after what God is after. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We so love the world that we give them Jesus too. Amen. Amen? And so we want to reach as many as we can. It's our mission. That's why we're here. Hallelujah. And don't forget the prophetic word that came to us. I see 3,000. Remember what she said? I see 3,000, 3,000, 3,000. And right now we are a tithe of that on a, on a, in our regular attendance. Not, I don't think in our membership that we're that, but in our, in our, in our average attendance, we're right around 300. Praise. We're a tenth of that. We're a tithe of what God has spoken over us. Think about that. Cool. Yeah. Hallelujah. And in this, we're going to see, everybody say high expectations. High expectations. Those are going to be re- revealed by, everybody say strength, depth, yeah. comprehension, and fullness. These are big words. Strength, depth, comprehension, and fullness. Let's go to 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Hallelujah. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height To know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you see the expectation that's on this? Huh? This is a massive prayer. All right? Filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able. This is why we can expect. This is why we can have our expectations. Because God is able. And if God is able... Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. In this this prayer with high expectations, we see the first thing that is prayed over us and uh, as the church, and that is strength, that we would be strength. Look what it says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the spirit in the inner man. Now, this, is, this strength is not gained through physical means. This strength comes from inside. This is the strength that will pull you up It will pull you through. It will help you endure. It will cause you to continue. Amen. It will not let you quit. It will help you continue to believe God. It will help you to continue to see forward. This is a strength. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our what? Is our strength. And we know that the joy of the Lord is Jesus. 
And he is where? In us. And that we be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. Now, it's important that we understand that this happens through the Spirit. Your strength comes through the Spirit. So good. Out in, uh, out in West Texas, uh, years and years ago, there was a, an oil field, a famous oil field now known as Yates Pool. But uh, during the Depression, this field was a, uh, a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. And Mr. Yates was not able to make enough money on his ranching operation to pay uh, <clears throat> to uh, the principal and interest on his mortgage. Um, so he was in danger of losing that ranch. With little money uh, and close for food, he, his family, like many others during that time, uh, lived on government subsidy. Um, day after day, he grazed his sheep, and he wondered how in the world he was going to be able to make the payments, to pay his bills. And then a seismograph crew made their way out there on his property. They were from an oil company. They came to that area, and they told Mr. Yates, we believe that there's oil on this property. And uh, so they asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. And the first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many of the later wells were more than twice as large. 30 years after the first well was drilled, all the wells still had the potential of pumping 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned all of it. The day that he purchased the property, he received the oil and mineral rights as well, yet he was living at one time on top of that oil on government assistance. And a multimillionaire living in poverty. What was the problem? He didn't know it was there. He didn't know the oil was there. He owned it, but he did not know that he owned it. All right? See, the strength that you have is not the strength that you can see. It's not the strength that you can muster up. It's not the strength that you can build in a gym. <laughs> it's, it's a river that flows out of your heart. It is a, a, it is a fountain that springs up into everlasting life by the Spirit of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Your real strength is in the inner man. Your real strength is in you, in your spirit. Hallelujah. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Uh, Jude, uh, Jude's only one chapter. So Jude verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You're building your spirit muscle. You're building, you're building your life up when you pray in the Holy Spirit. It all happens, your strength all happens by virtue of the Holy Spirit of God. And he's the one who continues to guide you into all truth. He's the one who continues to expand the way you think. But we have to yield to the Spirit of God and allow him to do what he does. You have to understand that the strength is found in him and it's down in that deep well called the Spirit. Yeah. The Spirit of the man. The Spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. The Bible says. But here he says that we have strength and we see the high, the high expectation of God building our lives, building our, and strengthening us, not by, not by means out here, but from this reservoir of power on the inside. See, when you, were, when you got saved, you received 
the power of God into your life. When you got Jesus, you got everything. But when you got baptized in the Spirit, something else happened. You found the way to release that power. It's like you had this pool of water, this reservoir of power and might and strength. And then when you got baptized in the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, you put a faucet, attached a faucet to that reservoir, and you turned that sucker on. Hallelujah. And now that ministry of the Holy Spirit didn't just become about building you up. It began to affect others because it is the power to be a witness. Don't forget, that's what Jesus said. You'll be witnesses after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me. You'll be witnesses from me into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Amen. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Everybody say, through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Now everybody say depth. This is about a living a deep, having a deep relationship with God. The, the fact that he uses these, these phrases here, that he would dwell in your hearts, that you are rooted and that you are grounded. Dwell also means to settle. I like that. To settle. And if you break it apart, it literally means to settle down and feel at home, that Christ would settle down and feel at home in your hearts. Isn't that awesome? Now, and that happens through faith. That's the only way that we can really have access to God. That's the only way that we can really please God. As a matter of fact, without it, we can't please him, right? Isn't that what the Bible teaches us? Michelle brought a guitar over to me. Now, it's still a work in process. She has this guitar, a little uh, nylon string guitar, and it's been rattling. Some of the strings have been rattling against the frets. And so years ago when my brother owned a music store, we had to learn how to fix guitars and work on those things. And Dad had showed us a few basic things. And so I began to adjust the neck of that guitar. Now, the way you adjust the neck of, of a guitar is on the inside of that neck, there is a rod that runs up inside of that, that wooden neck. And it's called a truss rod. And that truss rod... Uh, it comes out at the bottom and with a, uh, with a, a hex uh, nut on it. And so you can use a, a, an Allen wrench or, a, or, a, or a, what else do you call those things? Allen wrench, yeah. To tighten, you turn it one way. And what you can do by turning, turning, that Allen, by turning the truss rod is you can make the neck go back or you make it go forward. All right? So by doing that, so if, they were, if the strings were rattling, then I, that means I need to pull the neck forward so the strings can come off a little bit of the neck. All right? So that they don't rattle against the, the frets. So I'm, I'm doing that a little bit at a time. Now, if I had just taken that, that Allen wrench and began to spin that thing around and around and around, then I, I can do a lot more damage than good. So I told her, we have to take some time with this, and you have to just do minor adjustments. You just turn it, and then you let it settle. You let it set for a few days, let everything begin to adjust, and then play it again, and then we'll come back, and we'll try it again until we get, get the result that we're looking for. I like the way this phrase is, that, that Christ may settle in your hearts through faith. See, it's not really about... Christ being it, staying in your heart. It's about you connecting with him being in your heart. Yeah. 
about your understanding of Christ dwelling in your heart and in all the faculties of your heart, in all the places of your heart. And he, uh, uh, turn over to Romans chapter 1 for a moment. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then the next verse says, For in it, what? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> The righteousness of God is revealed, known, understood from faith to faith. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we understand that there's an initial faith where you receive salvation, the power of God to salvation, but then there's the faith that you live by, the faith that you walk in daily. And the righteousness of God is revealed from that faith for salvation to faith to live by. Does that help you understand? It's not... It, uh, sometimes we think of faith to faith as some big uh, idea that we can't really grasp. It's just faith the moment you start to faith to walk by, all right? And, and the righteousness of God is continually revealed that way. I think that's interesting. See, when you got saved, you had a revelation that your life depended on God and you were willing to give over your life to him and understand that Jesus is the only way that you could get to God. And that he died, you accepted the fact and you believed that he died for your sins. You believed that he was buried and you believed that he rose again from the dead. But that is about as far as the revelation was that you had. Right? But to know then, I mean, how many of you, the day you got saved, you, you, you stopped cussing, you stopped drinking, you stopped smoking and everything. Now that does happen from time to time. Right? But... How many of you found out that the next day you still had the same temptations? You still had the same trouble, the tr uh, troubles, still the same way, and, and then you started to question the authenticity of your salvation, right? You started thinking, man, man, if Jesus saved me, boy, I sure don't feel saved today. I'm, man, I've let things fly out of my mouth I shouldn't do. I'm still struggling with the same stuff, right? Because you don't have any revelation yet. You have revelation he's saved, but you don't have any revelation that he's, he saved you, and he is there to walk through the process with you. You have, to, you have to continue to understand. And as you read the scriptures and as you hear the word of God preached to you, as you do here at One Cause Church, then you begin to understand who you are. The more you hear, the more you see, you say, oh, wait, 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 wait. And the more revelations you have of who you are, then that affects who, what you do. Yeah. Right? And... And faith keeps your mind, keeps your eyes open to the revelation of righteousness. Yeah. The moment that you get in doubt, the moment you begin to get squeamish about your walk with God is the moment that the righteousness revelation goes out. It's like the lights go out. Yeah. And once that happens, then everything kind of goes to spinning <laughs> out, of, uh, out into the darkness because Revelation of righteousness is only known by faith. Faith keeps you understanding, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Because see, faith is an action. Faith is believing and 
speaking. Remember that? The spirit of faith is believing. And I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We also believe and therefore speak. So faith is believing and speaking. And so you have this continual revelation of the righteousness of God when you get up in the morning and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And see, when you let your own ears hear that and you let your mouth declare that, then you give your life the potential to live in that. Hallelujah. You give yourself the ability then to walk that thing out. But if you do not say it, then the good chance is that you're not going to live it. Because our life follows our words. That tongue is the rudder, remember, on the big ship, that little bitty rudder that turns that big ship. And your tongue turns your big life. Uh Right? So revelation of that righteousness comes from faith to faith. That you, if you don't feel righteous, start talking like just open your mouth and say, I don't care how I feel, I walk by faith. I am the righteousness of God in Christ, despite how I feel. Because God said I am. Not because I feel like I am, or like I should be, but because God said I am. Yeah. Right? And this is, this is causing, causing this dwelling to continue. Hallelujah. That he's settling your heart. Oh, Jesus, you didn't just come and to hang out with me once in a while. You, you came and moved in. You came to stay. And if that's the truth, then I want all of what you have for me. I want you in every day of my life. And that you be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. There's a scripture over in Psalm chapter 1. That says, blessed is the man that walks not, verse 1, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Ah. And then it says, the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind drives away, which means they have no root. The wind comes and it blows them away. But those who, are, those who are planted by the rivers of living water, when you're planted, you're rooted deep in the love of God. How do you get rooted deep in the love of God? You have to remember this. God loves you first. Yes. And that's how you know how to love. It's a difference, of, as we've talked about a few times, between Peter and John. Peter was always trying to prove that he loved God, and John was always declaring that God loved him. Yep. Right? Remember, he referred to himself as he's writing the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> and it was a subject of contention between them from time to time. <clears throat> but he, he completely rested in his relationship with God. He completely rested in the love of God. That's how the love of God gets rooted in you, not because you try to love God so much, because you just fully accept that he loves you. And understanding that first causes the, the love, the, the, causes you to go deep into the love of God. Right. Hallelujah. And grounded in love. Grounded in love. I was in, uh, when I was flying back from India, uh, we had, I'd never f- flown by myself before. I'd always been with Daniel at that point, Daniel Plowman. But he had to stay back where we were and do a, he was going to do a healing crusade with another church there. But I had to get back here because I'm not single for one thing and I actually have a job. So, uh, (laughs) 
And he, he had to stay back there. And do, so I, I start the trip back, and I have to, they have to drive me about two and a half hours to the, to the first airport in a, in a city called Trivandrum. And when you get from, go from Trivandrum, you fly into Mumbai, and you fly from Mumbai into Delhi, and then fly from Delhi over to Chicago, Chicago to Dallas, and then you're home. It is a brutal, brutal set of flights. But from Trivandrum to Mumbai, I got there and had about a two and a half hour layover there. And so um, that's a long time to be in an airport in a country where nobody speaks your language to just wait two and a half hours. And because you're not, you know, anybody ever eaten at the airport? And it's okay, but an airport in India, that food, mm-mm, don't recommend it. So you just kind of pass the time, you know, read and, you know, do whatever. Just try to stay occupied. But then, and because of that, that layover, that got my flight a little bit late going into Delhi. So I got to Delhi, and, and at this time it's, it's, uh, it's dark and it starts to rain. So we finally get on the plane. That was a long process. Finally got on the plane and they taxi, they got us out, out of the, uh, from the bay, and the, and the plane's moving around the runway to get to where we need to, to take off. And then finally they stop and say, we have, because of the rain, because of the conditions, we're going to have to sit here until this thing clears up. And that, that's what they call grounded. Yeah. And there was nothing I want to do more than to jump out of that plane and jump out of my skin and do anything but be there at that moment. There was nothing I could do, though. I was completely stuck and had to just wait. Fortunately, it only took about an hour, and finally we were able to get home. But think about this. You to be grounded in love means that you are not going to leave that place called love. That's That's how you can love unconditionally. That you don't wait for someone to say the right thing or do the right thing before you respond with love. That you're grounded in love no matter what. So whether they say good things or bad things to you or do bad things to you or do good, it doesn't matter. Your, your response is love because that's where you're grounded. I'm stuck here. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not leaving this place called love. God has been so good to me, and I know that what he's loved me through at this point Amen. I know the things he has seen in my life. I know he's seen me turn away from him. I know he's seen me say things that I shouldn't have said and do things that I shouldn't have done. Yet he stayed in love. So I'm going to stay grounded in love. I'm going to stay in him and let Christ settle in my heart so that I can truly show them who God is. Hallelujah. So I can truly be his representative in the earth because people got to understand that they are loved. And they're not going to know that if we're not showing If we're not grounded, if we're not stuck there, I'm going to love them. Say it. I'm just going to love. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to love. I'm going to stay grounded in love. And then, and then have them to make them hit you and see how, see if you're, if you're uh, telling them the truth. Say, come on, punch me. I'll show you. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Depth. Depth. And then look at this. Verse 18. May be able to, so we see that, that we, <clears throat> he prays that we be strengthened with might through the spirit and the inner man, and that we, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, hallelujah, that we be rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, and we may be able to comprehend, everybody say comprehension, comprehension. with all the saints, what is the width, length, and depth, 
and height to know the love of God which passes knowledge. Well, how in the world are you supposed to know something that you can't know? That's what this, that's what this is saying, that you'll know what you can't know. You know the love of God that passes all knowledge. But here's the thing that I'm trying to understand. That we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and depth, and height. I, right there I'm going, those expectations are too high. For me to try to really comprehend God's love in that capacity, the width, well, the, how wide is it? Well, it's wide enough that God so loved the world. It was wide enough to cover all of our sin. Hallelujah. It was wide enough to love, to include everybody. To understand the width or the breadth of his love. And then the length. Well, how long is it? Well, it was here before we showed up. Matter of fact, in one scripture, I believe it was over in Jeremiah, where the Lord said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Glory to God. Before you were, I was loving you. And long after this world is over and we're into eons and eons and eons and eons of eternity, my love's still going to be there. Hallelujah. And And the depth of his love, that his love would go all the way down to the worst of the worst. From the uttermost to the guttermost. Yeah. His love would reach to the, the most despicable sinner. Don't, for, don't remember what I've talked to you before about, about the three Marys that were at the cross. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was at the cross. And this is the only time one of these Marys is ever mentioned. One of the three. The other Mary we all know very well as well. Mary Magdalene, who Jesus first appeared to right after his resurrection. She was there at the cross. But then there was this Mary, nobody even had any clue who she was. She just kind of shows up and she's at Calvary. But they show us, they all, they represent humanity in every way. Mary the hero. Mary the hero, the one who said, be it unto me according to your word. When he said, you're going to bear a son. And she said, how can these things be seeing that I don't know a man? How am I going to be pregnant if I don't do what it takes to get pregnant? Right? And he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of thy highest is going to overshadow you. That's how it's going to happen. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. And she was willing to risk her reputation, willing to risk everything to be the hero, to bring the son of the living God into the world. There she was at that cross. There she was. Then there was Mary, the harlot. Mary Magdalene, the harlot. Well, that's the people that are, that are out at night. That's people that are out doing the things that we, we're not even supposed to speak of, like Paul talked about, right? Doing shameful things, things that we don't talk about. The worst kind of reputation, the harlot. And yet, she found room there at that cross. Then there's this other Mary who nobody really knows. She's in and out of your life. She's in the, she's in the supermarket. She's at Walmart. She's in traffic in the car next to you singing a song. This is Mary the Ho-Hum, the average Joe. Uh-huh. Amen. The hero, the harlot, and the Ho-Hum. Yeah. From the best uh-huh. to the average to the worst. All of them. All of them well within the reach of the love of God. So good right there. Right. And the height. The height that we are now seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. 
Hallelujah. That he elevated us all the way to the right hand of the throne of God, right next to Jesus. Wow. To comprehend the width and the length and the depth and the height. And he's praying, I'm praying that, this, that God would grant this to you, that you would get a grasp of this. Because if we can get a grasp of, of his love, if we can get a grasp, then, then, oh my God, we can change this entire world. To know the love of God, which passes knowledge, then you cannot get this information any other way than by the Spirit of God. It can't happen right here. It's got to happen from here. I want to know that kind of love that passes knowledge. I know how much I love my children. I know how much I love them. But I'm learning more and more how much God loved me to give up Jesus for me. Still wrapping my mind around that. The last part of that verse, verse 18, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Everybody say fullness. So he's asked for strength. He's asked for depth. He's asked for comprehension. And he's asked for fullness. This little girl, she turned to her mother after church and said, Mom, Pastor Eric's sermon was really confusing today. And she said, well, why is that? She said, well, he said that God's bigger than us. Is that right? Yes, that's right, sweetie. Then he said that God lives in us. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So then that means that God's going to show through then, isn't he? He's bigger than you. And when you have the fullness of God, you can't help but emanate who he is. Because it's more than you can contain. Though he dwells in you, he wants to dwell through you. Hallelujah. He wants to be seen throughout all the earth. And when you get the fullness of God, then you get the overflow of his love. Hallelujah. Remember, he said, you are blessed and you will be what? A blessing. blessing. Hallelujah. That's how God wants to, he wants to continually, how do you get the air out of a glass? Fill it with something else. That's how you get it out of there. Put something in it. Hallelujah. And God has filled our life with his spirit and that we can have the fullness of God. You can have the fullness of God operating you every day of your life. You know that. It doesn't just have to happen here at church. I love coming here and getting filled. But our people, the people of God ought to come to church already filled. Amen. Amen. That you've spent the time in the scriptures. That you've spent the time confessing the word of God over you in your life. That you've spent the time praying in the spirit. That you've taken those moments and filled your life. Taken that time to fill your life with God. Amen. So we come to this place, all we do is just overflow in praise and worship. Hallelujah. We don't come in here going, oh, so thirsty. Oh, so hungry. I've done nothing this week. I need God in my life. Right? So we already come in here, hey. What do, how can I serve? What can I do? What can I contribute? How can I give? What can I give in worship? Hallelujah. I got a dance to dance. I got a shout to shout. I got a song to sing. Amen. The fullness of God. Now to him 
who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And there it is right there. Paul prays this astronomical prayer, these high expectations, and said to him who's able to do it. God is able to do this for us. I want you to get this prayer in your life. You ought to make this something that you pray every day. Just personalize it. Just make yourself pray this every day. God, grant me. Grant me to be strengthened with might through your spirit in my inner man. Hallelujah. God, help me. Lord, that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. Lord, help me, God, to be rooted and grounded in love. Oh, Father God, help me to comprehend with the people of God just how vast and how wonderful and great your love is. Help me, God, to know what I don't know. Hallelujah. The the thing that I can't get with my mind, Lord, let my heart teach me. Teach me by your spirit. Thank you that you give me an anointing that teaches me all things and your spirit who guides me into all truth. I have all the knowledge I need because I got the spirit of God in me. Amen. And God, fill me. Fill me every day of my life. Yes. Amen. Pray this prayer over you. Pray this prayer over your family. Pray this prayer over your loved ones, over your friends. And just see if things don't start shaking up. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to that power that's working in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The glory of God is going to be known continually from generation to generation, ladies and gentlemen, in the church. That is the apple of his eye, the love of his life. It's what he gave himself for. Amen. Amen. Has this blessed you tonight? Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We love you tonight. We thank you, Father God. Lord, that you have high expectations for our lives. Because you live in us. Because you walk with us. Because you love us. Lord, help us to see us as you see us. Help us, God, to grab a hold of that and to walk by faith. So that we can live how you've called us to live so that we can experience the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think so that we can, we can walk in that abundant life that Jesus came to give. Hallelujah. And I thank you, God, that the enemy is defeated. I thank you, Lord, that though he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, yet for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I thank you, Lord, that your people are free from the power of the enemy, from the power of sin. And I thank you, God, that they are free in Jesus tonight, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you help your people to, to walk in freedom every day, to walk by faith so that they can walk in that freedom. In the name of Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.